Hey, welcome to the Lyric House Church podcast. Our mission is to host a house for Him. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our live service. Make sure to check out our Facebook page for details about upcoming events and information on our small groups that meet throughout the week. Thank you for being part of our broader community, and we hope you enjoy this podcast. Perspective. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm not. Been with the Lord all morning, and I'm just really feeling nice and calm. Yeah. <laughs> I know we're getting we're gonna be getting into Acts five here in a moment. I just can everybody turn to Galatians one with me? Start at verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, in that present age right there where it says he gave himself for our sins to deliver us from that present evil age. You know, that was the, the religious mindset. The religious sinful mindset that he delivered us from. Verse 6, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. You see, they started to, to bring the religious stuff back in t- and invade the gospel message with religion, tradition, circumcision. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For now, for I 
For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And the reason I read this is because it lines up with exactly what we're about to talk about in Acts and where we're going. And I want that to be ever present on your heart as we go through Acts 5. As Tiffany brings us through Acts 5, and I don't even exactly know where she's taking us, but I know it's going to be amazing. And God just really laid that on my heart this morning as we walk into this. And there's a few other things that he's laid on my heart, but we'll get there. Okay. Thanks, babe. Thank you. Okay, so... Um, Tim preached last week, and so the week before that, where did we leave on Acts 5? You guys remember? Ananias and Sapphira, yep. What'd you learn? Say it loud. What'd you say? Oh, don't lie in church. Or ever. Just, let's not lie. Okay, it's not who we are. Right. Okay. Good. Glad you guys are paying attention. Okay. So, um, I also just want to say, and I know that I, I know that you guys that know us know that this is kind of how we operate, but um, we really like people, I like interaction, I say that, like, don't get crazy, um, but we, we wanted this study to be more kind of like a small group, and because we're a smaller church, we get to do that. We actually get to do whatever we want, so, like, there's no rules, so, um, but we really like to be able to, if like if something is burning in your heart that the Lord has showed you or that you've studied through this, like just say, hey, this is what I heard. Um, we love to be able to have a church where we are family. Like this isn't about just Jason and I. We say it all the time. We like to be able to, what, what are you learning? What are you hearing from the Lord? And we like, love to hear that. And so it will look a little bit different. This is not going to look like this whole series, which is probably going to take over a year, is not going to look like a sermon was preached. It's going to look more like studying and learning. And the goal is for us to be able to see how was the first church? What did the original church look like? And how, what are we doing? And what are we doing that doesn't look like that as a church? And how can we be better at what, how God designed the church? It's not all going to look the same. Um, there's just certain things that aren't going to, there's just no way, you know. But as a whole, we want to look like that. <laughs> Don't say sorry. And you're not allowed to say sorry. As my filler okay. word, it's we'll work, hard. We'll work on it. It's yep. hard. Um, well, in that vein, um, back in the Galatians verse that Jason pulled up, um, the Lord was actually talking to me about that verse, but in a in a different way. Um, so, babe, can you pull up the Galatians one three again? Hey, Hayden, this mic over here that's for the worship team. If people talk in that, can you hear or no? Like this one. Hayden can hear. No one else can hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. Okay, <laughs> we don't have a third mic though. We need to I'll get, get a third. I'll mic. get it back. I promise. No, no, no. It's a, no. You're good. I just I didn't want you to have to, like anyone have to like. Yeah, I'm just trying to make it easier. No, you're fine. Um. So this verse, well, three and like three through five. I'll be honest. Like any like Galatians is one of my favorite books of the Bible, but. In the beginning of like all of these books, you always get something similar to this, like we call like they call it like the greeting or the opening of the letter or something like that. Uh -huh. And I typically like I just kind of always read through it and never really like I was like yeah that's just how they greeted everybody like you know that's the thing. But 
like, the Lord stopped me on this the other day. Um, and he was just, it was something that I've really been thinking over is like, and it's something that my dad preaches on all the time, which is probably why I'm thinking over it, but um, just the heart of the Father toward us. Like, we talk about Jesus all the time. We talk about the Holy Spirit all the time. But we don't, not we, but like the church as a whole, don't really focus on like God the Father. And they're all equally important. But a lot of people see God the Father and they think of like the Old Testament and they think of the wrath and they think of the judgment. And they think like, you know, thank God that Jesus came to save us from the God, like God the Father. And that's, that's not really what this is. And like just in this little spot right here, he says, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. His heart for you is for grace and for peace. It says, who gave himself for our sins that we might deliver us from this present age according to the will of our God and Father. Jesus came to deliver us according to the will of our God and Father. <laughs> to whom be the glory forever and ever, amen. And it's just the heart of the Father is so tender toward us. All he, he wants grace and peace and redemption from us, and Jesus echoes the heart of the Father. He says, I only do what I see the Father doing, and I only say what I hear the Father saying. So as much as you would fight for the fact that Jesus loves you, remember, God the Father loves you. It's his will that Jesus is echoing. Yes. So. Good. <sighs> That's so good, and I think that that can be so healing to so many people when we don't have this right understanding of the Godhead in particular, like when we don't have this right understanding that God is for you, God loves you, and anything that we see in the Old, Tes in the Old Testament was for the protection of, of Jesus, and so it wasn't that he was wrathful, it wasn't that he was revengeful, he was a loving father, it was anything that you guys wouldn't do for your son, I'll fight you guys for my kids. That grace and peace comes from knowing God as your father. Yeah as that loving father. Yeah. It's good. Okay. All right. Are we ready to jump in? Thanks. Remember how the, that interaction part I just talked about? Okay. So we're going to read. At, I'm going to kind of jump. I'm not going to read the whole rest of the chapter. I'm going to kind of jump scriptures or um passages here. So Acts 5, 12 through 16 says, now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. And they were all together in Solomon's portico. Remember that is where, um, that was the gate called beautiful. That was beyond the gate. So we're back in that temple area. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So they were even carried out to the sick and to the streets and laid them on cots and mats that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Let's go. I mean, can we just leave right now and just go do that? Like, let's just, it's in the Bible. Like, it's, it's possible. It happens. Like, let's just do it. You know what I was thinking about, guys? I don't know this for sure. Don't, like, get upset. And if you know different, tell me. But we were just reading about Ananias and Sapphira dying, right? And how the enemy had persuaded them and entered them. Would it have been possible that they brought Ananias and Sapphira out to the street to pray for them? I don't know. 
Like, doesn't that make you wonder? I mean, like, why were they any different than anybody else that had an unclean spirit or needed to be healed? Maybe there was redemption. I don't know. Somebody tell me I'm wrong, because otherwise I'm running with it. You're wrong. No, it doesn't count from you or you. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> what? Okay, well, what does that look like, though? I mean, like, unbury him. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so again, I'm not saying that's not, I'm not trying to teach that, but I'm just saying, like, what does it, what does it mean to have, I mean, I, if, think about modernly, if um, somebody you know was to die, and we believe in raising the dead, we can't just keep them in our house. They're not going to let us, guys. Like, if you guys die, I'm not going to be able to keep you in my house. They're going to take you away to the morgue, and you're going to be put in the refrigerator, right? I will go, and I will... What happens. Not, I will go in our refrigerator. Not our refrigerator. <laughs> the hospital refrigerator in the basement. And I will go and I will lay hands on the door because they they won't let me in. I could try to use the nurse card, but probably doesn't matter. Um, and I will lay hands on the door and I will pray for you. Believe that. I will do that with you. But that's what it looks like modernly. And so there's no keeping you around and keep laying hands on you. So I don't know. I get a little crazier and crazier every day, guys. So, okay. Just, okay, this is what it's like having her in here. So anyway, just get your wheels spinning. Like, is God, is there, there's, there's so much more than what we, what we know. There's so much more that he offers. And, and that just kind of got me thinking. All right. So Acts 5, 17 through 18 says, but the high priest rose up. Okay, so here they are. They're, they're like living it up, guys. And the high priest rose up. And all who were with him. That's the party of the Sadducees, right? That's the Sanhedrin. And filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in a public prison. So I want you guys to get this picture that these poor guys, I mean, like, they're just trying to love the Lord and build this church, and they just can't catch a break. And here they are, um, you know, they're in the probably the greatest revival we've ever seen in our life. We talk about revival, and we get, we, revivals come into colleges, and we get really excited, and I'm not saying that's exciting, but this, this was unlike anybody had ever seen before. This was signs and wonders and miracles and, and just this radical explosion of Christianity when they didn't even know what that meant. And there, I mean, I just, could you guys just live in that for a moment with me? Like, isn't that beautiful to know that if, if Jason got a cold, I didn't have to worry about him being a man about it. I could just take him out to the street and he doesn't. He really doesn't. He's strong. And I could just. I don't get sick. That's true. He doesn't. Really? He I, I don't <laughs> get sick when. When you were building a pool. What? I don't know. This is what having our kid in here looks like. I so. Know. I haven't been anyway. sick in a long time. Um, he's claiming that he doesn't get sick. He does not get sick. Okay. Anyway, moving along. Um, anyway, so it's the greatest revival in history. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, partnering together and seeing signs and wonders and all of this learning. And then, of course, the religious come in trying to shut it down. It's the same story over and over again. And they're, But it says that they're driven by what? Jealousy. jealousy. They're driven by jealousy. But I want you guys to have an understanding. Wrap your head around this first, because as we get into this further, it's going to make sense. Ha wrap your head around the fact that it's not a battle of flesh and blood. Say that with me. Not a battle, flesh and blood. 
So who's responsible? Exactly. The enemy, the principalities of darkness is responsible for this. He is the, the root of jealousy comes from the enemy. He doesn't want the church to prevail. And so he's speaking and he's whispering in these men's heart. Um, something that really, really got my attention when I was studying this was Mark 9, 38 through 40. And it said, John said to him, teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him, but because he was not, he wasn't, because he was not following us. But Jesus said, don't stop him for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able to soon afterward to speak evil of me for the one who is not against us is for us. And I wonder how often us as Christians can have that heart. Like, no, we're, I'm not trying to say that we're Pharisees. I'm not trying to say that we're driven by religion. But having this heart of, and understanding that, that they, they were driven by the enemy's voice. They weren't necessarily bad people. I know that's kind of heresy to speak a bit, like, speak good about them. That's not, I'm just trying to have you guys wrap your head around that this was reality. This really happened. This was real life. So this is just like, say there was a church in town that radically blew up and the Lord was moving and everyone was excited. There were signs and wonders. How do you think the other churches in town would respond to that? Probably not good, right? <laughs> but they wouldn't be excited for him, would they? Like, what? So are we... Are, we're operating in that same spirit today. Not us, because no, no, we're good. But I'm just saying, like, the bride is operating in that same spirit. It's jealousy. It's your church is getting bigger than mine. Your church does this, and I hear that your church does that. And, guys, I have to check my own heart. Like, I'm going to be so honest. There was, there's a local church that's getting a new sign, and they're spending, like, 40 grand or something, right? Yeah? And I was like, 40 grand on a sign? Like, God, you know what we could do with 40 grand over here? Like, the people that we could reach. And God just checked my heart, and he was like, what's that to you? Like, be, aren't you happy that they have 40 grand to buy a sign? Whatever, whatever it looks like, why is it in my heart that I had bitterness towards them? And so the Lord fixed that real quick, and I'm good, and I can't wait to see their sign. But it's very real, it's very real right? It's very, we instantly want to take on, like, why... Why is that church doing that? Why are they get that? Why do they get to do that? And it's just that same spirit that this isn't, this is the bride of Christ. We're all on the same side. And once we realize that, the church is going to have revival like this. But it, while we're stuck in this, well, they're not part of us, then they're not good enough, then we're really, really only hurting the body. We do have really good coffee. I mean, there's nobody else that can offer that until they do. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I also want to mention with that, though, there's also the... Hi, Case. Hi, Bubby. Bye. Love you guys. <laughs> bye, Case. Bye-bye. 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 Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for Case. Um, I also... And that was... So that was something else that I was, like, really kind of talking to the Lord about, I was like, okay, God, well, what is this feeling then? Because I don't typically get jealous. Um, we don't want to be jealous, but there is this a side of righteous anger that is related to religion. And so just understand that. And so if you're feeling this like, God, I just, I, every time I hear that, my, my heart, like it breaks, but it gets uh, like, it's, I don't know how to explain it. 
but it's this righteous like Ugh! because don't think that I want the whole town of Holden to know grace and identity more than I want them to know religion, but it's this process that we're going to get there. And so don't let that righteous anger, that, that need, that drive to be like, oh God, you have to know who he really is. You have to understand relationship versus religion. This is big. This is important. And the town of Holden will understand that, guys. In Jesus' name, we will get there. We've got we've to keep going, right? While the signs are being built, we're going to keep going. And the Lord is going to break in. Were you going to say something, Joe? Yes, it's happening. Yep, yep. And our prayer is that it's not just relative to us, that it doesn't stay here, that we, that we see it everywhere that has his name on it. Everywhere that has his name is the system is changing. She needs me. No? Okay. No. Okay, then. Um, everywhere that we see that that the system is changing, guys. The system is changing, and that's what the disciples were doing. Understand that, that they were going in and changing a system, and what comes with that is persecution. So let's keep going. You guys good? Okay, Acts 5.19 says, But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. This life. This life. What do you think they're talking about there? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, this new life that they're walking in. They're new creations. Yeah. Speak about this life that we've found in Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that. good. Preach the words that bring life. Oh, it's so good. When I was reading this, I get so excited. First of all, could I just have an angel appear? Like, I mean, let's just do that first. Um, but how normal it is to them. They're like, oh, hey, Gabriel, what's up? What are you doing here? You know? Um, well, we, people can see them. And so anyway, so we're, here we are. They're in prison. And the angels open the door and release them. And we see three different times in Acts that, that the disciples are imprisoned. And we also we see it throughout the whole scripture. But they're not always released. Like, this isn't peaches and rainbows every time. Come like, on. <laughs> That's a new thing, huh? It is. It's no more sunshine. It's no sunshine. It's peaches. Um, uh, no, that's it. It is sunshine and rainbows. But we like peaches better, don't we, guys? <laughs> yeah. We do. Yeah. He's like, that's why it didn't sound right. That's why they're laughing. Peaches and rainbows. Peaches. This could be cantaloupe. Um, anyway, so 
having this understanding that they're in the middle of this revival. Now they're imprisoned. Now this angel comes and opens the door. And he goes, go ahead and go into the temple. Guys, listen. They're imprisoned. Not like today where we get three meals and snacks and blankets and pillows and a toilet, right? And air conditioning and heating. And I'm not saying prison is great, but I'm, I'm trying to paint this picture that prison wasn't what it is now. Prison was full of rats. It was in like a stoned in a hole or sometimes a cave with prison doors that you could not get in or out of because only one man had the key and you got food if they liked you maybe and it probably wasn't great food it wasn't anything that anyone needed to wanted to eat and where do you think they went to the bathroom like this wasn't um this this is way worse than i think in our very western ideas right this was very very um yes yeah say it louder yes very primitive it was not none of us could handle let me just say none of us could handle it i'd be in a ball crying and and begging for jason to release me like it's not gonna work but um this was this was an awful awful place to be in and so the release and what would be the first thing if you were in a place like that if i even had a rat near me what would be the first thing you wanted to do? Pet it. <laughs> I can't with you. You're going to need to chill out. She said pet it. Okay. Um, take, I said take a shower. That's probably what the disciples did. Right. A little rat. Uh, yeah. Pray for it. Praise him. Thank you for this little rat, rat, Lord. Okay. Uh, I heard take a shower. What else? Eat something. That would be my first thing, too. Take a bubble bath. Maybe a nap. I don't know. Like... Go see my family, you know. But no, use the restroom. Yeah. No, they, they go into, and when it's daybreak, they go and they go and preach the gospel. <laughs> they go do the very thing that they just got imprisoned for. Okay, so they're saying, so the angel's like, yo, 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 wake up. Hold on just a second. Yo, yo, wake up. Now get up. Come on, I'm going to open the door supernaturally. Now go ahead and go do that thing that got you in trouble in the first place. We're going to say, Justin. Yep, yep. <laughs> then they went and preached the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. They're breaking all kinds of rules. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Silly laws that could have had them killed and put back in, you know, like how passionate. And that's what, it kind of got me excited. It really got me excited, not kind of. How passionate that they are and how passionate that we are not. And so there's just this prayer in me. There's this, this hunger in me that's saying, God, help me. I want to be passionate like that. I don't want to worry about my comfort because we're so consumed with comfort even like and I mean I thank you Jesus for our chairs but even our church chairs are made to be comfortable right we we send the kids upstairs to teach them but also because they drive us crazy where did mine go actually okay she may go to the bathroom she's in trouble so she's staying with us today and this is what I get she's punishing me um 
uh, our comfort. Like if it gets too cold in here, we start complaining. If it's too hot, we're like waving fans so that somebody can see. Like we, we are so comfortable. And I'm, wanting, and I'm just asking God, like, stir something in me. Stir up my faith. Stir up my boldness. Stir up this hunger, God, that I could sit in prison and then not cry and worry about myself and, and, and be upset that I got thrown in there. But God, stir something up in me that I'm like, I don't care what it takes. The gospel will be preached. I will let, people will know him. There was this, um, there's this kid. He was probably about Jaden Hayden's age maybe a little bit older, I don't know, um, that you guys might have seen recently. Uh, it's, there's this Facebook post going around, and I believe he's in Arizona, and he is the head of outreach in his church. So he's like, you know, the head evangelist of the church. And he went out last Wednesday. They're having a Wednesday night service, and so he just went out to the corner of the street to go, like, preach the gospel, like any of us should be doing, and just inviting people to come. It wasn't... Um, it was just like a super simple thing that he'd probably done many times before. It was, it was, it was just a, hey, we're, you know, come to the church. The Lord loves you. We're having a service tonight. And they said that he, it was just very simple, very not aggressive. And somebody came by and shot him in the head. And he is, they just had their second baby the day before River was born. So he's a tiny little guy and they've got like a toddler, um, and this is real life. I mean, we don't know persecution. That's persecution. All he was doing was inviting people to come and, sh and, and to share in the service with him. And I think that, like, would we do it after knowing that? Like, I thought about that. I was like, is he ever going to, if, if he lives, well, we're going to believe that he is. I mean, because he's still alive, but he's, it's rough. Would he do it again? Would we do it again? I mean, would we, would we get shot and almost die and then go back and do the exact same thing that got, that got us there, like the disciples did here? Yeah. And it sounds really good to talk about. Like, it sounds really good to preach, and it sounds really good to read it and even post it on our Facebook. But are we doing it? Is there fruit behind what we believe? Is there fruit behind what we're saying? And I think that you, I think if, you're, if your life is really easy and there's not a whole lot going on, I think it's safe to say that there's probably not a ton of fruit then. Because if you, what you see over and over again is revival and then persecution, revival, hardships, revival, tough, right? So what, what are we, what are we experiencing in our lives? Like, are we, I remember a time where I was like, our life is so good. Like, there's just, we don't have a lot, you know, like, there's just really not a lot, you know, like, it's really good. And there wasn't a lot of fruit from my life. So I think we just need to reevaluate that. Like, what does that look like, God, to be so hungry for your church that I'm really, I'm waiting and I'm willing to die for the heart of my king? What does that look like? Okay, Acts 5.23. We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. <laughs> Sounds like the, the religious just found out what happened. So 
they know, understand it, that they throw the disciples in prison, and they're talking amongst themselves because they are starting to see this, the, uh, this uprising that the people like the apostles. This isn't good for them. And so they're, they're going to, you know, they're going to go talk to them, but they see that they're gone. And so then they're, start, they're like, what are we going to do? I also think that f- this is kind of maybe something that sparked, not, not the, the man being healed, all the other signs and wonders, like all the other things that are happening, that didn't spark it in them. But they see supernaturally that this jail, that they just disappeared from it. There's no way it could have happened. It was the, the temple guard that would have been had the only key. Like this was not possible for them to get out. And they would have known that. Like these days, we could probably, like they're probably locked digitally or something and somebody could hack in. Sam could get in it and get it open, I'm sure. You know, like there's, I don't know. I've never been to jail. But I'm sure that there's ways to get into jail these days. It's not the same. Back then there was one key, one man that was in charge of that, that would open it and close it. Yeah. So he's not going to for what, right? And so they're st- the religious are starting to like pick up on this, and they're like, "What are we gonna do?" And so I could just see like them kind of in this meeting, like nobody wants to say the words that I think this might be real, but what are we gonna do? Because they know that if they do something to these men now, that they could potentially be killed by the people. And so they're trying to, um, they're just kind of trying to like. Spit, to get a spin on the story so they can deceive the people. And the next thing they know, they hear that they're out in the temple preaching. And they're like, before they could even get a lie together, before they could even find something to do, here they are. Here's the, disi- the disciples out preaching. Okay. So Acts 5.27 says, and when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And so then they're like, okay, um, you guys, we can't just let you go be preaching. What are you doing? Don't you know who we are? Why aren't you listening to us? And so they bring them in. And they say, and the high priest questioned them, saying, we strictly charge you to not teach in his name. Does that sound like, like mean? Yes. Like serious? Okay. Yes. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. I love this for two reasons. Because they're, they're like trying to act tough when supernaturally they were just released from prison. Like, what do you got? Like, what can you do, right? And second, they're admitting that this is spreading. They're admitting that there's something different here. They're admitting that something is happening. And I also go back to the beginning of Acts and where Jesus had promised that the Holy Spirit would be their witness to Jerusalem, to Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. It's happening. Like, I wonder at what point the disciples were like, it's happening. It's, it's working. Like, it's spreading like wildfire. What he said is happening. I, I feel like that that would have been even more of a drive to like, come on, we're going. I don't care if you're hungry. I'll get a snack on the way. Let's go. We're doing it. And then the next thing they say is, you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. You guys ever read that part? I've read it so many times, and I just kind of like skip past it. But think back to when Jesus was on trial. What did they say? You guys remember? They asked for it. They said, let his blood be on our shoulders and our children's. Mm. So when Peter's like, yeah, yeah, we are. 
because you asked for it. And yes, this is what I'm doing. And remember, every time that Peter that Peter's preaches, he tells them again and again and again. It was the Messiah. You did it every time. You hung him. It was you. Like he's not afraid to do it. He's not afraid to say it. And it says, and then he says his famous words, we must obey God rather than men. And that's what you were talking about. Do you tell us about it? Okay, I will. So I just love it because I feel like there's such a sense of humor behind this because they're like, yeah, yep, we did. We, we are. We're obeying God rather than men. They, there's just this sense of like, what, what do you want us to do about it? And you were, that's kind of what you were talking about, Justin. You were just, say, what were you saying? Say it again. Yep. And they see, like, Jesus was the example of this. Jesus was not, he, uh, he would abide by the authority, but he wouldn't necessarily abide by the orders. And that is, it, he was just really not a rule follower. And if you are, it's okay. Well, it's, that's not bad. We can work on that. Every time Jesus healed somebody or performed a miracle, he broke the rules. Every yep. time. Yep. And every time, what, so what? Essentially, that now the apostles have learned from him. They're saying, we'll obey the rules of the land, just as we should obey the, land, the rules of the land, right? Like, we should wear our seatbelts. We absolutely should. Um, there's, when it was COVID and the churches shut down, like, oh, I shouldn't probably go there. But <laughs> did we, was it, I mean, I needed to get groceries for my children. And so it was worth it for me to put a mask on. But then... But then what did that mean? That didn't mean then that I had to go against what I believed in. That didn't mean that I had to go against what the, what the scripture said over my life and my children's life. But I would abide by the authority and do what they asked as long as it didn't come against my beliefs in scripture and my beliefs in the Lord. Um, and that's a whole other, and I probably won't open that can. Somebody tell me not to do it. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you guys are bad influences. Okay, we're going to keep going. So God calls us to honor authority. And that's what they're, they're doing. They're honoring the authority, but they're not afraid. They're not willing to sin. They're not willing to disobey God in, in light of that. Do you, you know who I'm thinking of? And I was thinking of when I was writing this. Uh, yes, I thought of Daniel. There's a lot of people that I thought of, actually. But there's a guy named Torben Sondergaard. Uh -huh. yeah. Tell us who he is. No, no, that wasn't it. You guys didn't know him. He's from Denmark. Does, Does anybody, anybody know, know who about that Torben? is? Hayden. Yeah. Do you know who Torben this, is? This one. No. Really. He's actually. Everybody he's make alive. a note and look up Torben. His, I don't know how to spell it. Don't ask me. It's T -O -R -B -E -N. Torben Sondergaard. He's from Denmark. Yeah, Sondergaard. Mm -hmm. He's got lots of videos out. He was exiled out of Denmark, and hold on, let us. I couldn't hear. I what don't. Did you say? The nice person. I don't know. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 They, well, Maybe. They, they first yeah. threw him in prison saying that he was uh, shipping guns into America from Mexico. Yes. Yeah. 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 But then, but it wasn't the case, and they couldn't really drum up any evidence on him. But they held him in prison for over a year. Four hundred and twelve days. Yeah. Yeah. But this guy is like really spreading the gospel, like big time, all over the place, everywhere he goes. Um, but there's, he has lots of videos out, and you can watch him. But he started a school in Denmark. And it was making a huge impact in Denmark with the gospel. And then they ended up kicking him out of Denmark because of the impact that he was making. And he took off to America. And then he started doing the same thing here. And he has little schools all over the place. And there's even a movie out called The Last Reformation that he produced. Hmm. And, but it's just something to go check out, you know. I mean, if you're wanting to see... I don't know about you guys, but we like to watch movies that are in line with our beliefs. You know. Anybody else? No. Okay. Good. You know what I mean, we, we try not to. I mean, we kind of try not to pollute our minds and hearts with something that's not of our beliefs. And Torben, the not rock, always. I mean, like, can, yeah, let's just no, be transparent. But we it does. That is like yeah. our goal. Yeah. Right. So, the Last Reformation is a good movie for you to watch. I want to watch it. Yeah. I have a feeling that was coming. <laughs> um, so Torben, we actually met him, and I think this is why it's so impactful, because we met this man, and Jason started to kind of, like, get to know him and to follow what he was doing, and he was making great leaps and bounds with the kingdom. And... It was kind of like um, nobody knew what happened, but what, hap what, he, what, ha what threw him in prison was he had hired a guy um, that worked for him, and something happened. He hasn't said what, and the guy ended up getting fired. Well, the guy had a lot of political influence in Denmark and actually lied and had him thrown in jail. And so he spent here when he was in America, and he spent 420 or 412 days in jail. But what, what I'm trying to get at is that he was in jail but still able to write and still able to preach the gospel. There was never a time that he was like, guys, get me out of here. Guys, you got to help me. It was, this is, this is where I'm at. This isn't fair. He, was, it, it wasn't, he didn't say this isn't fair, but we knew, like, he, he didn't deny his innocence, but he didn't deny what God had him doing while he was there. And so his main heart's cry was, I have to obey God, not men. And so he was leading many men to, to the Lord, baptizing them in prison. Like, it, it didn't matter. Like, it was this modern-day Paul. And that's what I think got my attention so much is, is that what we would do if we were imprisoned? Is it? Like, I feel like I would cry a lot. I, I don't know. I feel like I would probably, like, try not to get beat up and stay in my cell and, like, just being transparent. Like, it would be scary. It would be hard. But he said, no, like I'm gonna, if I'm here, I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that, that hell is, has to pay for this. And people were getting saved and baptized and like speaking in tongues in the jail. They probably didn't know what to do, and it was beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, follow him because he just got out not very long ago. Um, he's, there's still work to be done because he still has to, like he was released, but I think that there's innocence that still has to be proven that he wasn't sh um, like smuggling 
guns. And what happened was um, somebody that worked for him. So it was somebody new that worked for him. Their daughter called and said that they had guns. It was just a simple phone call to the, to the, who would that be? Yeah, okay, that. That's what you were talking about. See, I don't know these things. Right, I would not. I'm thinking ice cave. I don't know what's going on. Right. I was too. I was like, I don't, I don't get it, guys. It doesn't take much for me not to get it, though. Okay. So I, w- <laughs> I want to stir your guys' face with that that it's happening like there are people that are in love enough with god that they're not gonna that when they're in chains then when they're in shackles like they're still preaching the gospel like this didn't stop with the disciples it didn't stop in modern days guys this is us now if we're not going to do it i'm just saying like i'm being very honest if we're not going to do it who is dude from denmark Well, guess what? I'm not going to sit on the back row and let Torben do it by himself. Like, we're going to do it. We're going to, whatever it takes, God, we're going to declare through faith with boldness who God is. We're all called to share the good news. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's worth it. Yes, absolutely. It's worth it. Okay. Let's keep going. Um, In Acts 5.33, so we're skipping down quite a bit. It says, when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. Okay, because this is Peter telling them, look, I don't care. I have to obey God, not you. And they wanted to kill him. But if they're seeing the council named, say it, Sarah, Say his name. Who's your guy that you were talking about yesterday? Okay. <laughs> <Do you laughs> I don't know how to say it either. I Googled it, and it's Gamaliel. Gamaliel. Does that sound right? Gamaliel? Did you, what was it, Dylan? Do you know it? No? He's like, don't ask me. <laughs> Did you say it, Kelly? Somebody said it. Okay, it's not Gargamel. Okay. Gamaliel, okay. Gamaliel, and he said, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. So what he told them, he was like, listen, guys, listen. This is a a man very high up. And he says, listen, let them go outside because I've seen this before. I've seen two other men that rose up and tried to say the same thing, but they were both eventually killed by their people. So let's see what they got. I think what's happening is something is stirring in him too. And so he's saying, I, w- I, ca- I want to see. What do they have? What is this about? And so he says, release them. 
So then they said, fine, because this is their very like prestigious leader that they honor. And they're like, okay, we'll release him, but we're going to beat him first. And so they, they, they flog him, they beat him, and then they send him out. And you know what they do? They praise the Lord. They're excited. They're happy. Has anybody in here gotten beat up for the Lord and then gotten happy about it? I've never been beat up. So, oh, good grief. You have, okay, stop. Okay. So Acts 5.41 says, Then they left the presence of the council. We're almost done, guys. Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple, and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ and Jesus. So let me tell you a couple of things about Gamaliel. So he was, not only was he a rabbi, but they called him rabbin because that meant our teacher, right? This was a big deal. This wasn't just any rabbi. This was a big deal. He, they said that this is our teacher. He was very, very high up in the Sanhedrin, very honored, very respected. In fact, in Luke, it tells us that he was one of Saul's, which is Paul. He was one of his teachers, okay? So he's very high up in the religious sect. And it says, um, also, have an understanding that this man would have been one of the ones, because he was so high up, one of the men that charged Jesus is guilty, okay? So he was there, part of that. He's watching that. He would have seen the lame man in the temple be healed. So he's watching that. He's seeing that. He would have been part of putting Peter in jail. So he was a part of that. And now it was the supernatural act of them getting out of prison supernaturally that's kind of caught his eye, okay? Um, when Peter was preaching, he made this statement. Acts 5.31 said, God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. So what he's saying, this was the first time. Peter always has like something out of his, like he's always got something that he can pull out of his pocket. Um, he said the word savior, and that's the word soter. And that was not a word that you used blat like very um, just casually. This was, a, this was a sacred word that they knew that belonged to Abraham and Abraham's promise of a savior to have Israel, okay? So back then, they would have known that. They understood what Peter just said. Peter just said, the savior, the one that you've been waiting for, the one that Abraham was spoke, was spoke to Abraham, that was Jesus. And that was the very first time that he had said that in Acts. And so again, like he's just, it's like he has, he has no filter. He just doesn't care. Like he's saying all the things to push all of the buttons. I said all the things. <laughs> I get in trouble for that. She's not listening. What, what, what they would have been, what would have registered with them was Hebrews 8.10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And I think it's at this moment, I think in this moment that it potentially could have been where this rabbin, this high teacher said, hold on a minute, there's something different here. And what we see is that this man, uh, what did we say, Gamaliel? Gamaliel is actually known, listen guys, this is really cool, I'm almost done. This is the last part. That he is known in history as a Christian. 
which meant he gave his life to the Lord and walked this out afterwards. But it took his voice. Isn't that cool, Sarah? It took his voice standing up and saying, no, send him outside. We're not going to kill him. We're not, we're not dealing with it anymore. It took that influence, that high power that the disciples came in. It even said that Peter and John baptized him. Do we, is that in scripture? No. But as I was kind of researching this, um, there, was, there was some evidence of that. Because his body is actually in the, how do you, there's, there's weird things out there, guys. But in um, Italy, there is the cathedral, the, the, the Catholic cathedral. It's the, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, you know, like that. That is where his body is buried next to Nicodemus. And so we know, you guys know who Nicodemus is? Yeah. Um, so that's how we know that he's, if he's in the Catholic, that he followed Christianity. Otherwise, he would have and you know not been so um there's probably way more to that but that got me so excited to think that the people that you influence you have no idea just walk it out be brave say the crazy things in the walmart do the crazy things on the streets guys because that influence that they had on him that those disciples that you hello disciples have on people you don't know who they are like we have no idea who they are and what they're doing and jason we went out we did this like super quick trip to Dallas and back in like 20 hours because we have a stone company and we were picking up some stone. And while we were there, Jason was ministering to the guy that owned the whole operation. He probably has like, I don't know, 10, 15 guys underneath him. He owns this huge operation. You want to tell it? Oh, you, it was yours. You witnessed the whole thing. I did, but I, anyway, okay, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> doesn't take me much. So Jason started talking to, there's talk about stone and, and he said, um, how did it get brought up? He, what? Rocks? Rocks? Cornerstone. It did. I wish it was like that. But he, Jason said um, something about the Lord, didn't you? Because it's just natural. How do you not talk about him? And he said, oh, are you a preacher? And he said, I'm a pastor. He said, you? <laughs> he said, you, do, you just don't go to the church? You actually preach? Yeah. He goes, are you a member or are you like yeah. the preacher? And he's like, I'm a pastor. And he was like, oh, your wife go? He's Hispanic, so. And he's like, did your wife go? And he's like, she's a pastor too. And he was like, oh, like he was like, didn't know how to take this. And he was like, oh, said, my, my wife. My daughter's been trying to get me to go to church for 16 years. Every Sunday she asked me and I won't go. And I said, well, I feel like you've been uh, in a religious church. You're Catholic, aren't you? And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, let me tell you about Jesus and what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And I began to share with him what it means to have a relationship with Jesus and led him to the Lord. And he, he received the Lord, yeah. asked him to come into his heart. And hopefully he's in church with his daughter yeah. you today. You better text him. Text him right now. Where are you at, George? Yeah. Jorge. So I, I, I wanted you guys to see like how natural that was, like how easy it was just to mention his name because you don't know what seeds are being planted. His daughter's been praying, God, send my dad to church. What? How easy was it for Jason just to mention his name, right? It didn't take anything. We were already sitting there. I was eating snacks in the car, you know, like it was beautiful. It was in Dallas. Like it was not a big deal to mention the Lord to him and how simple it was for him to, to just to take on with that. And he started to cry, and he was just like, oh, there's, there's. Yeah, the presence of the Lord rested yeah. on him in the moment. Yeah. So it I want to encourage you guys that, and here's the thing is he's a boss. 
He's, he owns the whole operation. He's in contact with so many people. If he's on fire for something, don't you think that that's going to spread now? Like that, we're believing that whole operation is going to know the Lord. Like that place is going to be wrecked, messed up. Like that's what we're believing for. And I just hope we get to see a part of it. Yes, and he does have truck drivers. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the beautiful part of it is, is it's not just people that are in Salado, Salado, Texas. It's people from all over the world. And so the influence that you guys can have, the influence of just saying something. Um, and then the reason this is such a big deal is we'll go into when we talk and in, when we get in, into Acts chapter 6, you're going to start to see some of this, the fruit from some of this and why this was such a big deal and some of the people that were impacted, that were a part of the Sanhedrin. So. And, you know, so many times when you're in those moments where you feel like you're nudged to, to share about your Lord and Savior, fear rises up, and it tries to stop you from speaking. But what is, what is the, the biggest thing that you have to be afraid of? I mean, think about it. What is it right now? Most of us want to say death. What? Your own, Your own actions. actions. Yeah. Fear of man. Yeah. Fear of what they might think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, yep. Yeah. You know what another one I see is people are like, I don't know if it's politically correct. Like, I don't know if that's offensive. Yeah. Be offensive for the gospel, guys. <laughs> it is offensive. What? Yep. He was. Yeah. The gospel. But out of love. Offensive. Yeah. 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 But a lot of, I mean, a lot of times we're afraid to die. Did you know Jesus actually said we don't die? We already died. There's nothing to be afraid of, really, except for fear itself. And in those moments you're feeling the fear, that's when you really should step out. That's when it's really fun. Because that's when the Holy Spirit really will flow right through you and speak through you. Yep. Because you conquer fear and you step out in faith. Yeah. The opposite of fear is faith. You step out in those moments and he's able to just flow right through you and impact the world around you. Yep. Yep. So often. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the stone deal was a really big deal. And me stepping out, I could have had the fear of, oh, this might mess up the whole deal. Did that yeah. really even go, that probably didn't even go through your mind. It didn't go through my mind. Yeah. No. But I was just thinking about it now, you know. I yeah. mean, that, that could have been a, one of the fears that could have, like, stopped me from sharing the gospel. Yeah. Because I, let, I could have let that take precedence. You know, I was thinking that uh, Trendy... Trendy is our second oldest, and she went. She got a tattoo this week. It's this little part of this tattoo, and she and I said, "So is it true that like once you get one, you like you have to get another one?" Because I don't have any tattoos, and I really don't want one. And she's like, "Yeah, like it was so weird, Mom. When I left there, it was like I was on such a high. Like there was so much adrenaline running through me. Like I can see why you guys that have tattoos know what she's talking about. Okay, no, right. what tattoos? I'm not encouraging. Don't get tattoos." 
save your money. Um, but I'm just listening to her say this, like there was such a, like the thrill of it was like, ha, ha. and Jeff's like, well, why? And she's like, I don't know. I just want to go show people. That is, and I remember like when she said that to me and I was like, that's what I feel when I share the gospel. Like, that's what I feel on Sunday morning. That's what I feel like when we, when I leave wherever, you know, if I met Maurice's and I share the gospel, like when I'm by myself, it's really kind of intimidating because I'm like, the Lord's like, do it. And I'm like, oh, he's like, you can do it. Like I've given you everything to say. And I'm like, no, surely it can't be you. And then she talks to me. I'm like, okay. Anyway, there's just such this, this, this adrenaline that is exciting and it's just pounding in your heart to share the gospel with them. Do that. Lean into that. Like press into that. The child. God didn't give you Someone a spirit of fear. <laughs> right? The word, what's the word say? He gave us a spirit of? Yeah. Yes. Power, love, and a sound mind. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. What if it radically messes up his life for a good for the good of Christian Christianity? Yeah, well it did. Yeah. Also, oh well. Yeah. Like oh well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Come sit down. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm going. Yep, 100%. I have so many stories of like, 
there, I, I remember a time that I don't remember. I can't even remember any of it. But oh, I wish I could because it would be a really cool story. But I had this lady message me not too long ago and was just like, I don't know if you remember me. And I was like, no. And she said, the, the word that you spoke over me is coming to like happen. It's happening. And it's been eight years since it happened. I remember being at the event that we were at. I do not remember her. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. Um, but I don't remember her or the prayer at all. And I tried. And I even looked at a picture. It didn't. Yeah. Anyway, um, she was like, the word that you said at the time was literally crazy and impossible. And I, but I wrote it down in my journal. And I thought, well, maybe one day, God. And um, she found me to tell me that eight years later that God is doing it. And I was like, <laughs> so good, God. But in the moment, and for eight years, it seemed like it was on deaf ears. You know, like, it seemed like that was just like, she's nuts, and that's not going to happen. And and what if we're obedient and just walking out first what the Lord says and then waiting on him and watching him do it? So I'm all in. You guys in? Yes. yes let's do it. Okay. All right. Anything else? Okay. All right. Well, next week is um, Adam will be here, and he's not collecting boxes, just not Adam. Why did I say Adam? Do you want to be here, Adam? <laughs> Cody. <laughs> One day Adam will be preaching the gospel. Right, Adam? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, Cody is going to be preaching next week. You guys are going to love him. And um, then the boxes will do the following. But I'm going to give this over to Lisa, and she's going to do announcements. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Lyric House Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you, and we encourage you to share with your family and friends. Remember, the gospel is good news, and good news is worth sharing. If you want to get involved or see what's happening next, make sure to follow us on social media. Until next week, we love you and God bless.